know, Brother Fisher used to have guys uh, sing twice. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Well, I won't do that to you. For the, for the singers and the musicians, he said, I like that. Come on back up here and do that again. Wow, some preachers get away with murder. <laughs> well, let's turn in our Bibles tonight to Acts chapter 2. This morning we talked about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And tonight we're going to talk about the return of the Lord. He, he promised that he would be resurrected. He told his disciples that I'm going to rise again the third day. And he did it, Amen. didn't he? Then he said, I'm coming back, and he will. Amen. We have to realize that even though he didn't come back yet in the rapture, we believe the Bible, the Bible doesn't say anything about the word rapture. It's not in the Bible. But the, the concept of a catching away is indeed in the Bible. That's scripture. That is absolute scripture. Uh, the catching away, the, we shall be caught up together that's bible that it's uh it's going to be quick too so the word rapture is not a sin it's not it's not inaccurate it's just another way of describing it and so down in the in the history of of all the baptist churches i know and christianity in biblical uh belief uh there will be a time when the church or the believers are raptured out of the world so there's nothing wrong with that but here it is uh, in Acts chapter 2, we're going to see that the, uh, the, the last days are mentioned. And so I want to ask you a question. Are we right now in the last days? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. In fact, these last days are, I guess, say, would last closer than the old last days. We're, we're farther along the historical last days than they were in the Bible. Nobody in the Bible or nobody uh, in, in, a, in any, any form, fashion, or anything can tell us when the last days are over. The last days have been lasting now for 2,000 years. Now I'm going to show you why that's true. God is patient. He's taking his time. And he has no wristwatch. God doesn't use a clock. He has a clock. He doesn't use it, doesn't need it. He has a timetable, but he's not. Hey, the, 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 the God of all time doesn't have to worry about time. The day is as, as is a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is, is just like one day. It's, a, it's a, a, a watch in the night. The Bible says, what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a short time. Uh, so if, a do, if somebody does get to last uh, over 100 years, which I, I fully intend to, I'm going to be here bugging you for a long time. Uh, but I, I just, uh, that's, a, that's a fleeting drop in a bucket. That's not very much time. We don't really have a long time to wait. You, you might think it is, but it's not a long time. So let's go to Acts chapter 2. Hold your place there. Let's pray. And I want to um, remind us tonight that Jesus is going to return. And these are the last days. Let's pray. Father, help us. Help us to understand where we are in history, where we are on the prophetic calendar. And we pray that you'll be with us now uh, for this night. And we pray for that offering too, Lord. Help us to do a good job and to uh, help this pastor who needs our help 
And we pray and thank you for his dedication, his service. Uh, we pray that you'll just be with us as we be with him. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look at Acts chapter number 2. You know that the, the day of Pentecost came. And uh, verse 16, 17, and 18, if you will, I'll take a short look at this. Now, you know, the, the preacher on the day of Pentecost was the Apostle Paul. And in verse number 16 now, he, he makes this comment. Uh, they thought that everybody was drinking in the morning, and that's just not true. He said in verse 15, For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing, but it is the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now, if you, if you look at the chapter 2 of Joel, you'll find that that is chapter 2 and Acts chapter 2. They go together. Peter said this is fulfillment of prophecy. Let's look at verse 17. And this is it. And it shall come to pass in the what? Last days. That's Bible. Last days. Saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And uh, there's other things too. Uh, there's fire and smoke and wonders and signs in heaven. And beneath that, that is yet to be fulfilled. But look up down in verse 21. And it shall come to pass. Here it is. These are why we're living in the last days. It says, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How do you get saved? How do you get saved? How does a person get saved? You should encourage somebody after you've explained to them the gospel in very clear, very concise terms, very simple fashion to ask Jesus to come into their heart. I've been criticized for that before. Oh, you Baptists, you're too easy believism. You think anybody can just pray and ask Jesus to come into their heart? Oh, no, they say. Oh, they got to prove that they're saved. Oh, no, you can't do that. You're easy believism. Oh, you people, you just too. Now, I, I, I want to balance that out. I think it is wrong if all you do is uncaringly and unskillfully just say some, just say these words. Okay, you said them. All right, say these words. Say those, say those words. Say the, you know, you're not some kind of auctioneer. Amen? Who's going to say it? Who's going to say it? Who's going to say it? Say it again. Say it again. Who's going to? That's not the way we win people to Christ. That, that's horrible to do that to somebody. Because as Christians, we're ambassadors for Jesus, aren't we? We represent the gospel. And if you're saved, it's not wrong to have somebody ask Jesus to come into their heart. That's what we're here for. And so we've been, we've, we've been under criticism. I know, I know, I know preachers, they, they look at us and they say, Oh, you guys, it's just, just wrong. You, you should put people through a, a test and you should make them beg and uh, you should you, be aloof and... Uh, you, you, just because somebody, well, the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, if you really want to get into biblical salvation, there it is, brother. And by the way, it's even easier than that. It's easier than that. What do, what do deaf people do? 
Hmm, they can't call very loudly, can they? Can they? You know, a truly deaf person doesn't have the ability to talk, do they? But can God hear them? I'll tell you what, it's a lot easier. Salvation is like turning on a light. It's like taking a drink of water. It's like eating a piece of bread and opening up a door. It's that easy. It is easy. And, you know, I think we ought to be careful to not be too fearful uh, to, to help people understand that salvation is, is a free gift. But the last days, the last, by the way, the thief on the cross, you know what he said to get saved? What did he say? Lord, would you remember me when thou goest into thy kingdom? Some, some uh, hyper-spiritual hot air balloon person <laughs> would say, well, he didn't pray right. Oh, yes, he did. He prayed really good, didn't he? Because Jesus heard him. And he, Jesus said, I understand, basically, he didn't say these words. But do you know Jesus knew what he was asking? I tell you, he did more than just remember him. He saved him. He saved him right on the cross. He didn't go to church. He didn't get catechism. He didn't take the, take the communion. He didn't get baptized. He didn't go to church. He didn't read his Bible. He did nothing. Nothing. He got saved, though, and Jesus saved him. I love the simplicity of the gospel. Don't you love how the Lord, you know, little boys and girls can get saved? And You know, when I was in college, I had uh, 75 kids every Sunday morning in a room a, a little bigger than this, 75 kids. We had all the girls on one side, all the boys on the other side. They were first graders. Now, do you understand why I had all the girls on one side, all the guys on the other? We had uh, adults in the back. We had a piano. We had, we had church every Sunday with 75 kids. That's, that's fun. And so we would, uh, we would deal with them. And uh, the bus ministry had hundreds and hundreds of brand new kids coming every week. There was always new faces, and then there was the church kids that were uh, the, uh, the, uh, the offspring of the church family, and they were always there. And they would go, and uh, they would, a new crop would come in. And, and by, the time, by the time we left, oh, my goodness, I had so much fun with all those kids. We had story time, and we had fun, and I never, I never uh, was so tired on a Sunday after uh, acting out all these Bible stories in front of the kids. I mean, I, I used to be an acrobat. I mean, I could never do it now. We had a lot of fun. And the thing is that Jesus said, suffer the little ones to come unto me for such is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And some would say, well, those kids don't know what they're doing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time, yes, they do. They know exactly what they're doing if you tell them the truth and, they, and you explain it to them. They can get saved. Amen. Boys and girls know who loves them. It's just, it's just I love the simplicity but we're in the last days. We are in the last days. And why is this? First of all, it says right there. Let's read it again, verse 17. It shall come in the last days. And believe me, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the, the, the local church there. They were up in the upper room. The, they, some would say that's a type of baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can put it in those terms if you like to. But it was the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. 
And uh, thank God, uh, boys and girls got saved. There was women there in the upper room that, that day. And there was lots of people. In fact, everybody in church had the Holy Spirit come down upon them. And uh, they were, they were uh, speaking in, in different languages and tongues that they weren't even used to. Uh, that was a tremendous miracle. Everybody, every nation in the, in the world was represented on that day. And uh, 3,000 people later got saved and baptized in Acts 2.41. They that gladly received his word were baptized, and there was added unto them about 3,000 souls. 3,000 souls. How'd you like to have a church of 3,000? Some people would quit. I don't like large crowds. Well, you're, you're going to have a hard time in heaven then, aren't you? Wait, wait, did I hit a nerve? Uh, but we're, we, uh, large crowds, there's nothing wrong with the large crowds if you have the right spirit. And if people are doing right. Anyway, let's look at Joel. Joel chapter 2 in the Old Testament there. You can take a, a short look at that before we continue on. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum. Uh, no, Joel. Here we go. Joel chapter number 2, starting with verse 28. These two scriptures match one another. Uh, Peter said this is a fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel. So regardless of what you think, it was fulfillment of Bible prophecy on the day of Pentecost. And it was also fulfillment of a promise Jesus said, I will give you another comforter. This was the power that the church needed. Now the church was already started by Jesus in Acts chapter, or excuse me, Matthew 16, 18. But, but it didn't have the power it needed. He said, wait here in Jerusalem until you be endued with power. And after that, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. You shall be uh, witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea. Look at Joel chapter number 2 verse 28 and it shall come to pass afterward that i will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams your young men shall see visions and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will i pour out my spirit so uh everybody Everybody that knows Jesus Christ as their personal Savior has the Holy Spirit because you can't go to heaven without the Holy Spirit. It indw he indwells you and he's yours. He promises never ever to leave you or forsake you. Once you're saved, you're saved forever. Amen. I don't care if you're a good Christian or a rotten Christian. I don't care if you're rotten as the day is long. I don't care if, if you're saved, you can make some big mistakes. You can go to jail as a Christian. You can, you can actually do some great harm to the cause of Christ, but you can't lose your salvation. Yes. Impossible. Yes. If you could lose your salvation, you would have to uh, want to get saved again. If you, if you could lose it, you'd never be able to get saved again. You couldn't get saved twice. There's nobody in the world that's ever been saved twice. It's impossible to be saved twice. Because it's impossible to lose the salvation that God grants you. If you have eternal life, it lasts for how long? Forever. How could you lose an eternal gift? Right? You don't lose it and get it and lose it and get it based upon your efforts and your work. You can't, you can't lose eternal life. Not one of my children ever come to me, can I get born into your family again? 
I think I, I think I need a redo. And I said, well, I do too, but no, no, no. no. Nobody, no, you can't go to your dad and say, Dad, I just, I, I think I need to do it over. And I looked at mom and she said, no way. I'm only going through that once. <laughs> you know, the, the priest came to Jesus and he said, how does a man get born again? Shall he enter into his mother's womb the second time? You know, he wasn't thinking right. He wasn't thinking spiritually. Uh, if you're saved, you're saved. Now, these last days are wonderful days of salvation. It's not too late. People are getting saved. Now, uh, the beginning of the last days. I wonder when those started. I believe this right here. The last days started with the resurrection of Jesus and the early um, the powerment of the church in, in uh, Acts chapter 2. It's a good, safe bet that um, when the last days begin is the, the, the starting of the church age. And so that's where I land on it. I think we're in the last days. We, we, we're seeing the last days. Anybody see the last days are speeding up? I believe they are. I believe they're speeding up like crazy. When we first moved here, uh, I, the, my first birthday, I think, uh, in living in Bellingham, uh, I, think I, was, I was 39, and uh, on my 40th birthday, uh, all my kids got together, and they put uh, powder in their hair, and they all looked like they were in a rest home, and they all had <laughs> bathrobes on, you know, and canes, and they all came out. They sang happy birthday to me because I turned 40. <laughs> And uh, I don't know if we got pictures of it or not, but it was really offensive. No, 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 that was fun. But uh, all my kids, we had seven children. They all looked like they were in a rest home. Hey, happy birthday, Dad. And I would go, what is this? And you know what I got? I got a cell phone. The big, fat Nokia brick cell phones that didn't work very well, you know. I thought, whoa. I am. I have arrived. <laughs> Had a little clip, put it on my belt. How far have we come with cell phones since then? In just 24 years, how far have we come? Oh my goodness! You could, you. I got a cell phone, and you just look at it, and it turns on. It just, just look. I had a mask on and goggles and everything. Didn't even recognize me. But I just. Whoa, I didn't even turn it on. It does it itself. I mean, there's more in your cell phone than NASA had when they put a man on the moon in 1969. You've got more power in your hand. That It's just exponential how, how, how fast the technology's going. Can't keep up with it. I can't even, I don't even know what's, what to do with my cell phone. Hey, could you help me send that picture over here? Could you do this? Could you, uh, Tim, Tim helped me yesterday just talking to the dumb radio, you know, because I, I like, I like um, uh, uh, to, uh, there's, a, there's a radio station in Florida that I like because they still play Rush. Anyway, uh, anyway, I listened to it today. I didn't know how to talk to each other, but these last days, they're going to get bigger and faster and uh, genetics is going wild and technology 
And I'll tell you, it's faster than you can even think. They, they have such powerful uh, uh, just, just technology working in the human body. I, I guess the Israelis and uh, all kinds of wonderful technology used in the right way. There's lots of things going on. And they're, they're, they're doing things with the human body, I guess, with, with hearing and eyesight. And they're working at new things. I'm, I'm for all that, aren't you? If they can fix something that's wrong with us, that'd be great. I don't care how many false parts I have, you know, a toupee, hearing aids, implants, whatever, a few new sockets. I don't, I don't care what they do. By the time the rapture comes, there's going to be a big pile of metal sitting there on the ground. And my, my spirit's going to go up there. There's going to be some joints and some ball sockets and a couple of plastic parts, a few screws and... Uh, uh, chips? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I ain't putting a chip in me. No way. I don't want that. But it's going that way. It's moving quick. The, the proof that we're in the last days is in the Bible. And we have cited Acts chapter 2 when the comforter was given. But I want you to see something else. Let's go to 2 Timothy. Let's all turn there for just a minute. And just remember, if anybody says, are these the last days? The answer is yes. We are in the last days. It's quicker. It's faster. It's going quicker than it ever has before. We're not, we're not, uh, we're not trying to figure out how to invent a light bulb. Uh, we're not trying to figure out how to uh, make a combustible uh, gas engine. We're not figuring out how to... Um, uh, make a printing press or a telegraph, uh, you know, the little telegraph uh, machine. We're not, we're not trying to figure out Marconi radios. We're, we're, not try, we're not trying to figure out farm implements and how to, how to harvest better. We're not, we're not, we're not uh, figuring out nuclear power anymore. You see, we've come a long way. These are the last days. You say, well, eh, eh, it, it, how, how long do you think it's going to go? Brother, I don't care. I'm just glad these are the last days. I don't care how long it goes. We've only got, what, uh, just, um, what, maybe uh, 90, 100 years. I mean, God promises 120, right? And then later on he said, now, most people will last 70, but if you do last uh, longer than that, it's because you're strong and whatnot. And so, uh, hey, uh, I, don't, I don't really have to wait that long. You know, the, the waiting's over. I, Hey, uh, have, has anybody heard of BIMI Mission Board? Mm -hmm. They're great. And there's uh, Don Sisk. He was uh, a veteran missionary in Japan for, I think, over 30 years. He started several Japanese churches. He wrote a book. I just saw it in my library. It's called The Fourth Quarter. He divided up life into four quarters, uh, 1 to 20, and then uh, 40, and then uh, 60, and then 60 to 80, and whatnot. And he says he's in his fourth quarter. And he says, if you really look at sports, most of the stuff that really matters is done in the fourth quarter. Amen. He said those, 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 those teams, those basketball teams, he, he cites great, great games that were won in the fourth quarter. And I thought, hey, I just started my fourth quarter. I got to call Brother Smith and tease him. He's farther along in his fourth quarter than I am. Oh, listen, man, I, we're, these are the last days. Look at this. Second Timothy tells us that we're going to have some perilous times. Let's look at chapter 3. It says that perilous times shall come. Okay, verse 1. This 
Know also that in the what? Everybody? Last days. In the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Is that happening today? Yes, indeed. Covetous. Are they covetous? Yes. Boasters? Yes. Proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Anybody ever seen any of that? Unthankful, unholy. And you might say, well, yeah, that's, that was going on for a long time. Wait, wait, the last days, last days is going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. We're in the last days. Look at verse, verse number three. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, Talk about false accusers. Man, talk about that. That's, uh, that, that. You can see that in our nation's government. Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins. That, that's not, a, a, that's not a, 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 a disrespecting women, just silly women that are laden with sins, right? Uh, like, um, I guess you could say uh, uh, soap opera. That, that's a good explanation for that, right? <laughs> By the way, I don't know if you've ever watched soap operas, but don't do it. Okay, that's that's nonsense, silly, lustful, evil. Get get that out of your life. Amen. Silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, uh, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I'm not against education. I think everybody ought to get the best education you can. I think you ought to go down into the well and dig it deep and draw out from the well of knowledge. My teacher in, in uh, high school said, if you're gonna drink out of the well of knowledge, take a big, long drink and drink a lot. He, he was the greatest teacher. But you know, today, I don't really think that education is all cracked up to be what it was in days gone by. I don't think they're learning much. It's okay. So you can say, man, it's all right. I don't think they're teaching the real, the real truth of pure science, right? How many would like it if, if these schools would just teach pure science? If you teach pure science, you're learning something. Physics, mathematics, things that are true. Enough with this evolution nonsense. Enough with, enough with all this social programs and enough with all this gender nonsense. Enough with all this social justice and racism. I'm so tired of hearing about racism because I'm not a racist. By the way, I don't even know what one is. They never have defined it. Does anybody know what a racist is? They won't tell you. They won't come out and say, this is what a racist is. Then they want to ask you, okay, what race are you? <laughs> Wait a minute. Does it really matter? I had a doctor's appointment. They want to know, are you male, female, or other? <laughs> I can't believe that. I just, I just, oh, man, get me out of here. I don't need this. I don't need that. Listen, there's not, there's not enough 
problems in the world going on that they got to have, or there's too much. They got to have more. Now they got to confuse boys and girls. They got to confuse everybody. That's, that's, uh, that's ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We got problems. These are the last days. These are the last days. You say, when are they going to end? Brother, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just glad that my ticket's all ready. Transportation's all reserved. You can't get to heaven without the Lord taking you up there anyway. Amen? You're not going on your own. You're going to have to be taken. Whoo! Taken up. Taken out. Hallelujah. These are the last days. Look, uh, Timothy, um, in 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul was telling him, uh, these are the last days. Let's look at uh, Hebrews now. Hebrews chapter number 1 uh, mentions it again. And these are the last days. I would, I would, do, I would do one thing for sure. Uh, you young people, I think you ought to prepare. Prepare your life to meet the Lord. Prepare everything you do and get focused on Jesus and live for Him. You don't know how, uh, if we have, uh, let's say we have 50 more years left. I think that's kind of a stretch in my mind. I, I, I really do believe Jesus is going to come back in my lifetime. But if he doesn't, I'm ready. Yes. Now, you children, if you, if you are here and uh, uh, your parents are gone and other people are gone, but you're here and the Lord doesn't come back in 50 years, you know what you better do? You better start living for him more than anybody. You better give your life to Jesus. Because he's coming back. He promised that he would res be resurrected. He promised that he would come back. And he's going to keep that promise. You see, Jesus came to his own in John 1. He And, and they, they received him not. They rejected him. We learned that in Sunday school and learned it. Then he came, or he's going to come... Uh, or he came for his own, right? That's the rapture. He's going to come for his own. He came to his own. There's another coming when he comes uh, for his own. That's the rapture. And then in the end of the very last days, he's going to come with his own. He came to his own. He's going to come for his own. That's us. And then we're going to go up and we're going to be with him and be judged. And then he's coming back with his own. And then he's going to set up his kingdom. Let's look at Hebrews chapter number 1. Verse number 2 says, uh, hath God hath in these last days. Notice the phrase there again. In Hebrews, at, at the time of the writing, probably A.D. 60, it was, it was quite a ways after Jesus died. He died somewhere in the A.D. 30s, uh, early 30s. I don't know exactly how, G how old Jesus was, but uh, historians have figured out that he, was he wasn't past 35. And so he was a very young man. And so Hebrews was written somewhere around A.D. 60, A.D. 64, somewhere in that. So 30 years somewhere around that time, still, they were calling it the last days. And uh, so the writer of Hebrews tells them, He hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So we're in the last days. Now, it's very important that you and I 
think of these days right now, 2021, as the last days. We have to. It's the only way you can have a good judgment. You can, it's the only way you can live your life for Jesus, knowing that he could come back. Knowing that the world is just racing toward judgment. These are the last days. I don't know when the Lord's coming back, but I know these are the last days. The Bible says we're in the last days. It's not hyper-spiritual hyper conjecture. It's not, it's not guessing. Let's look uh, in uh, 1 Thessalonians, please, and let's go over there and take a look at verse number 13 of chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. The Lord's going to come back. It is true. He's coming. I don't know when, but he promised that he would return. And now we're waiting for, for him to come for us. In verse 13, it says, But I would not have ye to be, you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, God uh, will God what? Bring, Bring with him. We, we have a whole host of people that have died in the Lord. I have a book in my library by uh, Brother Wamskans. He was a pastor in Bremerton. He passed away a few months back. And uh, his family got around for months before he passed away and uh, they asked him questions and they they took kind of interviewed their dad and he uh he talked about the early days of his ministry his dad was a pastor and his dad his grandpa was a pastor and uh, he lived on the wheat farms in kansas and uh grew up in the gospel and ended up uh building a church it's kind of neat over in bremerton west side baptist church they bought a piece of property with all kinds of great big beautiful fir tree timber on it they cut it all down, took the timber, and built a church with the timber that was on the property. And the church is still there today. It's just fantastic. In fact, I had a funeral for my stepmom, and uh, uh, I was looking at the beams and all the woodwork, and it was really neat. Brother Wamscons built that. So, you know, Brother Wamscons, he, um, he's with the Lord. And he, he's sleeping in the his body it's not resurrected yet, but he's with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Then during the resurrection, we get brand new bodies, as I said this morning. He's coming back. He's going to come for us, and we will be translated. Now, as you look back in uh, the days of history, you see the destruction of Herod's temple that Jesus prophesied about. And it was accomplished in 70 A.D., so you see that first, that first few years of the early church when the, the day of Pentecost came and the disciples were all spread out. They began to be persecuted. And uh, then, of course, uh, the, the, the temple was destroyed, as we learned this morning in, in Sunday school. And so those, those are the beginnings of the last days. So everybody, everybody that got saved, they all had the same hope. They all had the same teaching. They all had the same expectation. They thought Jesus was going to come back in their day. Now, I can prove that. Let's look at this verse right here. It says in verse 15, this was Paul talking. 
and he was preaching to the Thessalonians. Watch this now. I want you to focus on this. This is, this is amazing. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are what? Alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord. Now, did Jesus come back in the days of Paul's life? No. But did he expect him to come back? Yes. Why? He said, we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord. Paul's not 2,021 years old. He, he died somewhere in his 70s, maybe 60s, whatever. He, he was expecting Jesus to come back. In fact, when he taught this, he said, you and I that remain under the coming of the Lord. So he expected Jesus to return. That's the hope of the gospel. That right there. The hope of the return of Christ is not something that you should ever allow to be taught out of your mind. At, I know that he didn't come. But if you lived back there, you would have expected him to come. If you were in the days of the early churches when they were persecuted, you would have expected Jesus to come back. You say, well, he didn't come. How do we know he's going to come back now? I think the chances are a lot better now, don't you? Huh? Don't you think it's a lot, it's a lot more wonderful? If you look at the time framing and the, and the speed of technology, I'll tell you what, you know what they want to do? They want, they want to put chips in everybody now. They want you with a, with, with a vaccine card. I ain't taking no vaccine card. If you want, you go ahead. But uh, you're just going to end up over at my house anyway. When, when, when you're, you're going to be hiding. I don't know. <laughs> Come to my compound. We're digging the, digging the cellar right now. No, uh, we're saving food. Uh, listen, I, my trust is in the Lord. And I don't need, I don't need what, what, what they want to do to people. I, I'm, I'm a protester, if you will. Leave me alone. And by the way, if the rapture does happen, some people are going to have a chip sitting there on the ground, too. <laughs> Along with their dog and everybody else. I don't know. Man, it's just crazy what's going on in, in our nation. But, you know, these are the last days because there was no ability to, 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 to have that kind of technology just even a few years ago. The temple was destroyed. Uh, look at Matthew 24, and I'll, I'll, I'll be done in just a second here, I promise. This, isn't this wonderful thought that Jesus is going to come back? You know, he could come back in your in your worst day. He'd come back on your best day. He'd come back when you're laughing and having a great time. He could come back when you're in your prayer closet. He can come back when you're reading the Bible. He could come back uh, just at any time. You're, you're not supposed to... Uh, hate his coming We're, we love it, the, the, his coming we, we love his appearing and if you're ready for Jesus and you love him and, you're, and, you're, and you try to stay conscious of it do you know the Bible says you're going to have a reward it's a crown not to me only but also to all, to all them that love his appearing let's look at Matthew chapter 24 they asked Jesus about this and they said when shall all these things be when is the the end of the world what's going to happen they were they were so curious as we are too look at uh, chapter 24 of matthew verses 1 through 3 and we're going to we're going to wrap this up here look at it says jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him 
for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming? And and the end of the world there's three sections here if you look at it the things tell us when shall these things be that he just spoke about and then they wanted to know what shall be the sign of thy coming they they realized he was going to come back and then they said and uh the end of the world so they they wanted to know what what's all this about when are you coming back and when is the end of the world coming well, you know, we don't really know all uh, anything other than Jesus said. We're not supposed to be fixated on the end of the world. We're just supposed to be fixated on him. I know the Lord's coming back. I know the Lord has, has allowed mankind to... My first computer was a 100 Pentium. Anybody know what that is? That was whiz-bang, fast gizmo, buddy. I mean, that was a... That was really good stuff back in 1995. I don't even think they had just everybody had a cell phone in 1995, did they? I know I got my first one, as I said, in uh, 97. I was uptown. But he's coming again. He promised he would. I think we ought to be ready for that. We really don't have to wait very long. We're in the last days. Are we in the last days, Pastor? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Three times Jesus said in Revelation, I come quickly. He said that in Revelation 22, 7. He said that in 12 through 13. And then he said it again, chapter 22, 21, uh, and uh, verse 20 and 21. So let's go. You can close your Bibles. You know what? I'm just glad Jesus is coming back. I think we ought to be ready for him. I think we ought to be conscious of the fact that he's coming we ought to thank god like this morning we ought to be conscious of the fact that he's resurrected he's alive but he's coming back i had an old preacher said that's the that's the last part of the gospel the death the burial the resurrection of jesus and he said but there's one more thing the return and i think he's right are you ready for the lord to come back in your life Do you want him to come back let's bow our heads for prayer